0: Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing Podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What
1: would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. Good morning, guys. That's not going to work. Good morning, guys. There we go. Uh, So before we kind of get into the content, um, I I want to just a quick thank you, uh, not only to M-Live, but to the Chamber, because this is the 20th time I've done one of these here in place. Um, so this is the city that I've done the most of these in. And one of the things that I like about coming here is that you guys are, number one, super kind, and number two, um, I'm going to kind of show behind the curtain a little bit. Because you guys are super kind and super into these things, I'm able to test a lot of stuff that I use in other markets. So everything that I do here is never seen again, other in, except in parts of here So I take the stuff that you guys really like, and I use it elsewhere, and the stuff that you guys say falls flat, I throw in the trash. And I do that because I get a lot of feedback from you guys, and so I'm happy to be here, and if you're a numerology fan, so the number 20 is based on relationships, so hopefully we'll uh, have some sort of feedback here today that will be uh, worthwhile. So fall is my favorite time of year, and it's not my favorite time of year because of this monstrosity. Um, It's mostly my favorite time of year because of stuff like this. Uh, These are my two kids on their first day of school. This is me (laughs) on first day of school. I have a job, so there's nothing on my sign. But uh, the thing about the first day of school is that there's some science to this. That if you have gone through a school system and you become an adult that doesn't have the first day of school, that there's still this feeling of starting over in September. You've got this energy. You feel a little bit different. You're thinking of things in a new way. In fact, in many ways, September is actually better for starting things than New Year's is. And so for most of the summer, I'd spend a lot of time kicking around on things that look like this. And when I get to this time of year, I run more, I eat better, and when I get in better shape, I go visit my friends at the jiu-jitsu gym and do a lot of this stuff. And I do some of that because when I was in high school, I was a swimmer, so this was the time of year uh, where we weigh 87 pounds and swim in the water. I do a lot of my work in the fall because I'm an adjunct professor, so we go back to school. So I still have that. And honestly, it's because I have a lot more energy. Most days I feel like this, right? And I do that because I'm able to listen to my body. So what we're gonna do today for the next hour or so is we're gonna work in the fourth quarter, right? And how we can get ready to single handedly fix the internet. Before we start that, some context about what's going on, guys. If you can't see all the way in the back, that is okay. This is a graph that shows you that how many advertisers are currently in the Facebook platform. It stays steady at about six million advertisers. That is about a tune of $37 billion being spent in social media ads. And if you're a uh, competition pie eater, you understand that if you're in a competition pie eater, the pie doesn't get any bigger, it's just one pie. And so if it's just one pie, where are we gonna spend our money? And most of us, are spending it on Facebook. One of the things that we're gonna talk about is Instagram and to some extent Messenger. Now, we've gotta be a little bit careful with Messenger because Messenger acts like text messaging. If any of you have gotten a text message from a marketer that you didn't wanna hear from, it pisses you off because it feels like it has interrupted your day. your, Your phone is your private space and if you get a message that you don't want, it's intrusive. We're trying not to be intrusive. But the thing about social, is it's a great way to drive traffic to non-customers, people who don't know who you are. They are three times more likely to drive into a conversion because they notice who you are, they consume something that you made, that's what we're gonna talk a lot about today, and then they convert in some way, shape, or form. In order for you to get ready for Q4, there's a couple things, guys, that are non-negotiables. You have to do them and you have to do them now. One of them is this. You have to start tracking your AdWords and your analytics on your website. The second one, friends, is this. You have to have a Facebook pixel, okay? You have to, have to, have to. And I'll explain why in a second. Most importantly, because it works for conversion. Yesterday, Facebook changed their pixel and added a whole bunch of what they call events. That's super crazy Facebook marketing speak for things that your customer is going to do that you can track them and then re-message to them or invite them to do something else things like contact, uh, customize a product, donate, find location. This one is super interesting if you own a retail location. How many here own a retail location? A physical brick and mortar? Cool, okay. This one's super interesting because you can do what's called online to offline conversion. So I can figure out if somebody went to my Facebook page and then showed up in my store or vice versa right? So this one is super interesting. Schedule, start a trial, submit an application, subscribe. These are brand new as of yesterday. They're rolling out this morning and they'll be finished rolling out to all of our pages by about mid October. And the thing that we're trying to do is continue to understand the customer journey and understand that the customer journey is not linear like this. And in fact, if you've seen any one of my talks, it's also not a funnel. They're coming in all over the place, right? We just had an Apple event, There is no awareness for the Apple event. People are just buying new phones today, right? They don't need to go, hey, did you know Apple's a company? That's not part of their marketing plan. We're here and here at that point. So if we know what the journey looks like and we understand that the customer is going to come in wherever they want to, it's important when we're on social and even in any digital space, that we understand what we're measuring that we're on social to do a specific thing. We are not running a Facebook page because somebody told us to. We're not starting a Snapchat account because a kid told us to do that. We're not on Instagram because we want to put pretty pictures. We have an actual plan as to why we're there. We're creating awareness, generating demand, driving conversion, delighting customers, inspiring evangelism, right? Getting them to help tell our story, to move this along quicker. Every single thing that we should do in that space drives to one of those things. I am not a person, guys, that loves to do social because it's just a fun thing to do. I love to do social because it's how people communicate, and it works if you understand what to do in that space. And you do that by understanding a couple key things. Know where they are. Where are your customer? If you are a funeral home, Snapchat is a bad place to be. Doesn't make any sense, right? So should you be on LinkedIn? Should you be on Instagram? Should you be on Facebook? Facebook and Instagram would probably a yes for. 80 to 90% of all brands, LinkedIn, uh, WhatsApp, Snapchat, know where they are, know what they want. I'm going to show you how to do that. Know how you're going to execute it. And the most important one, if you are a small shop, who is going to do the work, okay? This is not heading into this quarter and beyond. This is not, if you haven't launched a social channel, launch them all at the same time. This is pick a channel, Find a person who's gonna help you execute on it and do it repetitively over and over and over again. Know how people are gonna respond and know that we are not wasting their time. And we're not wasting their time because every 60 seconds, this is happening on the internet this year. And so all of this noise, the 18 million text messages, the over one million swipes on Tinder, the 187 million emails sent every minute, you are competing with all of that stuff the thing that you need to do is ignore all of the noise. And we're going to talk a lot about vanity metrics. Ignore all the noise and focus on what you're good at and the customers that want to hear from you. We're in the universe building, right? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And so when I was writing the notes for this keynote, I kind of took this GIF and scratched it on a piece of paper, right? We're building our own universe with uh, printed material, websites, podcasts, video, photos, blogs and we're gonna put that stuff out into the world because it's gonna help us when we go to run ads. And I'm gonna show you how that works using something we're doing here at MLive right now. So as we speak, we're in the middle of the best barbecue in the state of Michigan. If you're not familiar with this, MLive has a thing called Michigan's Best. We pick a category, we find the best restaurants and we go and visit them. So we're in the middle of that. Voting in fact ends at noon today. In the first six days of this contest, There were 700,000 human beings that visited our website to the tune of one million page views in the first six days. The whole process is about three weeks in total. So add another 14 days to that and you can see that that's a lot of traffic. I bring that up because I'm gonna show you using another contest that we already had because I felt it was kind of unfair to teach a barbecue restaurant how to win this today. Um, We're gonna go back one to Michigan's best Mexican food restaurant, okay? And the winner of that was El Tapatio, right? And so one of the things that a brand should do first if it's getting earned media is share that earned media. So a company like MLive or your Fox affiliate or your NBC affiliate puts out an article about your company, you need to share that, right? Which is exactly what they did. They got 106 pieces of engagement. They got eight comments and six shares. They've got about 1,500 people on their, their Facebook page. When this gets announced, guys, they have four days before voting closes, right? So four days to gather as much traffic as humanly possible to turn that into a conversion. The good news is if you go to their website, they're already ahead of the game. to Google Pixels and Facebook, right? So they're already tracking if anyone goes to their website. The issue is there's nothing to do on their website. So what they're gonna see in Google Analytics, how many of you use Google Analytics? What they're going to see is a super high bounce rate because there's nothing there to do. They show up and then they maybe find the address and then they're out the door. The second thing I would do, you know, I'm sharing this piece of content. Now I need to start telling my story. So I'm going to do things where I'm going to make a piece of content that I can use in multiple places. One of the examples would be this, right? I'm going to do a single camera shoot of how I make my salsa. When I'm done with that, I'm gonna take a photo for Instagram. Now, this restaurant doesn't actually have an Instagram, this is a restaurant with the exact same name in Arizona, so I stole that from them. But, we're gonna take these two pieces of content, and then we're also going to write up the recipe for people who wanna read it, and put that on our website, so we can drive more traffic. So if people wanna know how we make our salsa, this is how we do it. You can see all of this stuff. This obviously is the right, if you don't know what this is, This is BuzzFeed's tasty product, which they've turned into a product industry that now makes its own cookbooks, right? By giving away the recipes for free. So before you go, oh, God, why would you give away your recipe? No one Every recipe on Earth. Let me turn that off for a second. Every recipe on Earth is on the Internet, but we still go to restaurants, right? So giving away your best stuff for free isn't necessarily a bad strategy. The next thing I would do is I would think about all that new traffic. If I'm the first, if this is my first time going to Muskegon to this Mexican restaurant, what is the experience like? Make a video of it. Start with Facebook Live. We're doing Facebook Live right now, right? When that's done, you can download the video right off your Facebook page and dump it to YouTube to archive it. You can also cut that up and take pieces out of it and use it elsewhere. Put that into a blog so that if somebody goes to your website and goes, when I go there, what do I have to do? If I'm only going to this Mexican restaurant once, what, is, what are the five things I need to try? Are your nachos awesome? Are your tacos awesome? Is your barbacoa awesome? Are your margaritas awesome? What are the things I need to do? And then I'm gonna start spotlighting the food while I have all this traffic. Take gorgeous photos with your iPhone, what they're designed for, right? And dump them on Instagram and Facebook so people can see the cuisine that you're famous for while all these new humans are showing up. Next thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn the people in my restaurant into stars, and I'm gonna do that for two reasons. One, because people trust people. And two, when we talk about doing the work, if they're in on the joke, they might wanna take some photos for you, or film some videos for you, or take some of the workload off the the owner of the shop to get some content out there. The next thing I'm gonna do in the first four days is I'm gonna leverage heavily into Instagram stories, showing the behind the scenes of what happens when we open the restaurant, what happens when we're busy at the restaurant, What are some of the best things that people like to eat? If we have time, talk to some of the customers who love our product. And we're doing this, guys, because right this very second, and probably for the remainder of this year, there's a lot of space to grow on Instagram. There's a lot of people consuming it, and not a lot of advertisers taking advantage of it. We have one billion monthly active users as of June of this year. They also rolled out Instagram TV. Instagram TV is still super new, but I wanted to call the difference between Instagram Stories and Instagram TV. Instagram TV shot the same way, so it looks like Instagram Stories, but is long form content, up to an hour on Instagram. There's not a lot of stuff happening there, but if you wanna play in a new space, this is sort of a fun place to play, and then there's apps on your phone that will take your Instagram TV and pump them into Stories if you wanna leverage them in two places. But back to Instagram Stories. It's outperforming, guys. In no way, shape, or form, there's no easy way to say this. It outperforms ads on Facebook by a lot. And the fascinating thing for the marketers in the room, the CPM has gone down on Instagram, not up. It's being used more and cheaper to place ads on. Right. So we're, 2015, we're upward near seven dollars per thousand. We're now lower than five dollars per thousand. And again. All these things are holding true as I'm speaking to you right now. But the thing about Instagram and specifically Instagram stories is there's an appetite there. If you know how to tell a story in this vertical way, right? Your sports team, I was talking to one this week that you have to be on Instagram stories. The completion level is 75%. So if you're a sports team and you're making content on Instagram stories, they are finishing it because they're fans of your brand. So we're doing all this stuff at this Mexican restaurant because When the search ends, the Muskegon Chronicle puts out a video that gets 55,000 views, driving people to this restaurant in Muskegon, Michigan. So we're gonna press pause for a second, and we're gonna go, okay, we've got all of this traffic, what's our plan? What stuff have we been doing, and what stuff has been working? We're gonna go up in our Facebook page to the tab called Insights. And When you go to Insights, it looks like this. And so this is not their page, I don't have access to the page, this is a different page, but it will show you what insights look like. Actions on the page, how many people went to your website or clicked learn more or something like that. Page views, page previews, so having a preview of the thing that they wanna look at but not actually clicking on it. Page likes, reach, so the number of people that saw it in their newsfeed but did nothing to it. Make eyeballs that came across their post, right? Recommendations, there was none. Uh, post engagement, video views, and then new followers. Um, And so you can see everywhere that there's green, that's the stuff to pay attention to. So our engagement is up, our followers are up, and our reach is up, which means we must be doing something right. So how do we figure that out? We go further down the page, and guys, I'm showing you this stuff because this is all available publicly. I didn't, this is not a third party, this is directly on Facebook. So we're gonna go to posts, and you can see what stuff was working. Right? We can see that this video we ran about the hardy dam got a ton of reach. But the one thing I want to call to your attention when we talk about metrics and how people fall in love with, oh man, 40,000 people watch that, that must have been a home run. Sure. But remember back to our KPIs, what are we trying to do? Because if we're trying to get engagement, this thing with a thousand is 11% engagement. So it's got a higher engagement, even though it's got a lower view. And the thing about social, and I think a lot of people fall in love with this idea that if I just had a million followers, if I just had 500,000 followers, if I just had 10,000 followers, that would solve all of my problems. But guys, those vanity metrics are gonna kill your brand because they don't mean anything in the end of the day. You can have a thousand followers and have a solid living and make a lot of money, right? There's this new trend, and I'm not talking about it today, but I'll put it on your radar if you're interested in this. There's this new trend called micro influencers. So these are these people that have a thousand followers, but those thousand followers are highly engaged. Marketers are looking to those people because they want to sell a hundred cups of coffee because that might, you know, if Q goes across the street to uh, Foster Coffee and he's got a thousand Instagram likes, but every time ta- Instagram followers, and every time he posts something, he gets 500 likes, they might want to give him $100 a month and free coffee so that they can keep that micro-influencer going. You know, he doesn't have a million followers, but he can move the
0: needle.
1: Vanity vectors are gonna kill your brand. I did a a talk earlier this year where I showed a radio station (laughs) in Grand Rapids that has close to 400,000 likes. And for three days in 2018, three days, 72 hours, they posted every hour. They got zero likes, zero comments, and zero shit. It doesn't matter the number. It matters what you're going to do with it. And so this is what we're going to do with it. We're going to break the audience into three people. Newbies. These are people who have never heard of our restaurants, but because of this MLive article, now we're on the radar. First timers. People who know the restaurant but didn't go because they didn't know it was that good. And then our regulars. Okay? So we've got these audiences. What are we going to do with them? First, I'm going to show you how to build one. So this is the back end of Facebook. I can rerun this video if it's too fast. We're going to go to audiences. It's going to load the screen. You can see we've got some here. We're going to hit custom audience. It's going to bring up this file. Very quickly. Let me pause that real quick. Yeah. If anybody wants to get closer? There's more than enough room. Yeah. There's plenty of room. because we don't have the top four, right? We don't have a customer file yet, so we're not doing that one. We're going all the way to the bottom to engagement because we've got all of that traffic that just showed up at our Facebook page because of an MLive article. So we're clicking on engagement. And then here, you've got a bunch of selections here. Video, lead form, full screen experience, also known as Canvas, the Facebook page, your Instagram profile, and an event. So this is if you make an event, this event that the Flip Chamber has, they could build an audience based on anyone who interacted with it. So that would be the people that show up. And then the people who did that thing that's annoying about Facebook things, where they go like, I'm gonna show up, and then I'm not here. And we've got all this food, and no one shows up, right? We can interact with all of those people. What we're gonna do here, quickly in the top two. Um, video, you can create audiences based on people that have watched percentages of the video. So three seconds, 10 seconds, 25%, 50%. And then full. So again, you've got five audiences you can build off of a single video. Lead form is just that. What I love about the lead form, guys, is it auto fills the user's first name, last name, and email. And if you know anything about lead form science, to nerd out for a second, everything that they have to fill, you drop about forty percent completion rate every time they have to actually write something. So if they already, if this is already done, now you can ask real questions, right? So this is awesome. Um, The canvas is great if you're a highly visual brand, but today we're talking about the Facebook page because that's where all our traffic is. So we're gonna click Facebook page. We'll let the video catch up. Um, Michigan's best page. We're gonna change this to the last 14 days because as the Mexican restaurant, we're gonna say that's when all the traffic is coming. So name it. And then the second thing we're gonna do is what's called a lookalike audience. This is going a little bit quick, so I'm gonna pause it real quick. So we've taken an audience based on everyone who went to our Facebook page. Now, we're gonna ask Facebook to build what's called a lookalike audience. So this is every human being that looks like the people that liked that content, but don't know what your page is. One of the things in the lead up to this event that said I was supposed to teach you tricks and tips, here's an absolute pro tip. One of our favorite things to do when you're making a lookalike audience is ratchet that thing up all the way to 10% of the United States, which is what I'm about to write in. And you're going to go, well, that seems like a lot of people, right? Because we're just trying to do a tiny Mexican restaurant in Muskegon. I hear you. We're going to take the largest selection of human beings in the United States that look like that audience, and then when we build an ad, we're going to put a geofence around it in Muskegon. So we're going to take all the human beings in the United States and then fence them in. So people in California will not get this ad even though they might fit the parameters. States. Again, if you're doing stuff in the UK, you can do all of that stuff. We're going to take 10% of the United States that look like people that consumed that piece of content. And then it's going to build an audience and show them here. You can see it here, Michigan's best September. It's populating. It it can take, depending on how big it is, it can take up to two days. So have patience. It can take some time. Um, But if it's a smaller audience, you'll probably have it in 60 minutes or, or two hours, right? The next thing we're going to do is show you what to do with it. We're going to build an ad. So we're going to, to create and click on new campaign and we're going to name it Michigan's best <laughs> ad, right? So i was super creative when I'm making this. You want to name this something guys Though, when you're working the business manager that you can remember. So I'm going to target the newbies because these are all the new people that entered into my Facebook page that may not like the page, but clicked on that piece of content. So here comes the ad manager we're going to spend 20 bucks a day, we're going to run it for three days, and we're going to go right here, to custom audience, and we're going to start typing. There's our look-alike audience, and there's our Michigan's best audience. So we're going to pick both of them here. And because they weren't rendered when I did it, it'll tell you how many people we can reach. And then here, we're going to target the state of Michigan. In this particular case, because it was the MLive article, Make sure that we're on the right page, super important. Rename it Newbie1 because we're gonna test a bunch of creative in this particular case. We're gonna pick an image. And you'll start to see the ad build itself over here. The next thing we're gonna do, guys, because we have Code. So one of the things that you want to do when you're building key performance indicators for some way to measure what you're doing in the digital space is this campaign builder that Google provides. So UTM codes are just little pieces of text that come after the website that you're able to see in Google Analytics where the traffic came from. So we're going to change all of these things so that when we get clicks through, to the, in this case, the Michigan's best page, we're gonna know where it came from. So again, we can figure out what stuff works for us and why. So at the bottom, it generates the URL. We're gonna copy that over. We're gonna dump the whole URL where it says website URL. We're also gonna copy just the UTM source and put it here where it says URL parameters. We're gonna do that, guys, because on desktop, That link by itself works. On mobile, it breaks, so the UTM codes break in mobile, so you've gotta put it in that separate thing, and with 90% consumption on Facebook being in mobile, you wanna make sure that it's in that bottom box too, okay? And here's the thing. They were set up to do all of this stuff. They could've handled any bit of traffic that came to the website, any bit of traffic that came to Facebook, but here they are in August, just 90 days after that contest, and they posted twice in the month of August, one time to tell you that they're not open. So all that traffic is gone. And this example I use, because for some of you, that sort of serendipity might not happen. Instead, it's going to happen drip by drip, day by day, click by click, right? But as you're collecting all of that stuff, the metrics are the same. The measurement is the same. The execution is the same. The next example I'm going to show you is from the Navy. And I'm gonna show it to you because a year ago, one year ago, 78% of their media spend was in traditional media, radio, billboard, TV. This year, all 78% is in YouTube because of this one test that they did. So they ran a bunch of 15 second ads, this is just one of them, targeted at specific people that I'm gonna show you in a second. And the conversion was so great And the measurement was so great that they still run traditional media, but they wanted the ability to do this. Just what I showed you. Build a campaign, give it three perspectives, and then give it three pieces of creative. And during the life of their campaign, each person in these perspectives saw at least two pieces of creative. So they got two different looks from the Navy, either a brand perspective, tell them something uh, surprising, make them a part of the content, or make them part of the creative and the strategy at the same time, how they can benefit the brand because we're trying to understand the customer journey and understand where they come into that path. And again, when you talk about Apple, we're here, you we don't really have to deal with here and the way that they deal with here is they do events. They don't necessarily run a lot of traditional media. because They don't have to, you might have to. And if you do, you have to understand that once everyone shows up in awareness, How are you moving them down the funnel? What pieces of content are showing up here? What call to action are you doing? Some of the things that I see on Facebook, there are brands that don't actually ask you to do something and then are mad it doesn't work. You need to ask them, right? It's like going out a date. You don't ask somebody out. They don't know you like them, right? You need to ask them for the thing that you want them to do. And that's how you get them to hear because they understand the relationship and they want to share it. And so every time I do one of these talks, we get to the inevitable question that's, hey, what, what times of day should I post? Which, I always hate this question because it, it's, it's a hard one to answer. It's a hard one to answer in a number of ways. One, because Facebook and Instagram are asynchronous, meaning you don't see the posts at the time that they were posted anyway. So it makes it difficult to say 8 a.m. is the time to post. But what I can tell you is when we talk about human biology instead of best practices, we can start to attach a strategy to what time should I post. So when you get up in the morning, this is your brain slowly waking up in the morning, the number one thing that most people think that your brain wants is this, right? But that's not actually what it wants. When you wake up, you've got the most amount of working memory available. So your brain is looking for inputs and looking for information. If you've heard the bell curve, Your brain works in what's called the well curve. You're super alert and awake despite what you feel like here. In the afternoon, not so much, and then it starts to dip up a little bit in the evening. So if you're planning on putting your posts out for Q4 and beyond, you should think about high arousal emotion posts in the morning. So think things that make you feel like this, right? Or things that make you feel super happy. That's why people put inspirational quotes on Instagram in the morning because they're high arousal emotions. In the afternoon, when people are a little bit lower and need to kind of be taken along on a journey, you want those deep think posts. So longer form posts that people can engage in because they're not so quick on the uptake, right? They need to kind of have time to decompress and think about what this is. This is also the time that you should boost your posts. If you've seen me talk before, the number one thing that I'll tell you is put something up and let it sit there. Don't put money on it immediately because you don't know what's gonna happen. Afternoon is the time to see what's happening and see if you're gonna put some money on it and see where it goes. We're gonna take a very quick right turn um, because all of this stuff leads into what happened in May which is called GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation. Um, This is a law in the European Union and you are all beholden to this law because you use Facebook. And you're all beholden to this law because Facebook is actually an Irish company because of tax And what this means is that uh, essentially that the consumer, the other side of Facebook has the rights to be forgotten. And while that's happening, Facebook has removed a lot of targeting that it used to have, right? A lot of, right, which is why the pixel is important. You have to start building your own audiences because you're losing a lot of that traction. Now, yesterday they added some, they added back some income that you can do at zip code level, so. Target people in the top five percent of the zip code, right? So some of it's coming back, and I would tell you that that's going to continue to change as we. This was an extreme reaction, and we're going to come slowly come back to reality, right? Because Facebook having terrible targeting is not a good business model for them. But right now, building your own audience is super important. The other thing that's super important is that you guys need to create more than you curate. This is a post that my friend Justin Barclay posted. Um, dying twenty-three year old. 24-year-old has advice you may not be ready to hear, right, how many of these posts have you seen, right? Seven things that you can't believe are true. You won't believe what Taylor Swift had for lunch, right? So he posts this thing up, and he gets a warning from Facebook saying that this post doesn't comply with their page policy, and that you must not accept anything of value to drive traffic to an app or site that engages in traffic arbitrage, or that contains a disproportionate volume of ads relative to content. So they clickbait. What's funny, and those of you who work in Facebook a lot will love this story, is immediately, immediately after he gets this warning, Facebook goes, this post is doing better than most of your other posts. You should try boosting it. (laughs) Because that's Facebook. But I share this with you because I need you to understand that right now, not only do we have to build our own targeting and be really gnarly about that, we need to understand that if we're not making our own content, Facebook is having a very hard time differentiating between fake news and fake. So if you are a brand that posts things like seven things you need to do in the morning to be more productive, that stuff's gonna get you flagged. And that's gonna be a problem. And that's why making your own stuff or starting the discipline of making your own stuff is going to pay you off in the long run. Okay, I wanna share a couple examples of people who have done this with us and have had success. The first one is another Chamber of Commerce of Sparta. Becky and I have been friends for a long time. I've been doing keynotes for them almost as long as I've been here, just not as many. Um, and six months ago, she decided she was going to start doing Facebook Lives and talk about things going on in the chamber. The first one she does has one like, one share, and 164 views, no spend. A month ago, she did one that has 14 likes, six shares, and 1,000 views. So we're already growing, guys, because every week she gets on and does this thing with some discipline and starts to get reactions, and people are talking back to her. And this is what happens when you build your own universe, right? And you can even see it. She will hate me for doing this, but I'm going to do it. You can even see it, I do not want to do this, right? Like I'm not, this is not something I want to do. This is the greatest thing that I've done today, right? Because she got into the discipline of making her own universe. And she's seeing it pay dividends to this particular chamber. Okay, one last example, and then I really want to answer your questions, whatever you guys have. This is Becca Aldrich. She works for us. Um, And four and a half months ago, she decided she needed a new couch. As a disclaimer, this is not her couch. But she she does what everybody else does, right? Which is what? Facebook Marketplace? Nope. Craigslist? No. She's a girl. She goes to shop for a new couch, man. Well, it looks like that. I don't
0: know. So
1: she goes out. You know, she goes on the search run, right? I want a new couch. What are y'all telling me? I'm gonna go to Macy's. What does this stuff look like? And she does this for four and a half months. Guys, she works in the digital ecosystem for 12 hours a day for four and a half months. Can't find the answer to her question until she's on Instagram four days ago and bumps into these guys called Interior Defined, who are using um, some of the cool sales things that you can do on Instagram, where if you click on the photo, right, you click on this icon, it'll tell you how much the things in the, in the image are, and then you can buy them right off the photo. They're using all of that stuff. They're using a lot of technology. But that wasn't what impressed her. Um, and I'm not actually sure what ad she was served, this is just the one I, I grabbed. Whatever the couch was, it grabbed her interest. So she went down the rabbit hole, she went to their Facebook page, started looking around, and she eventually makes her way to their website where she finds out that they have free swatches so she goes on and orders 15 free swatches so she can figure out if you know what swatches are it's just samples of fabrics so she can see what it's going to look like in her house what she doesn't know is she's a new customer she's a newbie she doesn't know that they also do complimentary design advice but she doesn't need to know it because they call her And they say, hey, I noticed you ordered a whole bunch of swatches. Those are pretty cool. I've got some other ones I'd like to send you, if if that's all right, because you're looking at Couch Blah. And she was like, yeah, that's super cool. And then the woman goes, oh, and by the way, like I know you're using swatches, but we also do this.
0: So
1: you can't see it in the back. You shoot with your phone a photo of your living room, pick what product of theirs you want and the color that you want, and it puts it in your living room. Now, I've seen this a hundred times, and I still want to buy a chair right now, right? Um, But I share that with you because of course she bought a couch from them. Of course she did. But it took her four and a half months to find them. Right? So all the stuff I'm telling you today, you can enact right now, but we're building for the future. We're building for things that are gonna help you in January or May of next year or September of next year, because that's what the process in the digital space is like. It's changing really fast. I, I say all the time that it's like being on an escalator and sometimes that feels unfair because it never stops moving, but that's where we are and that's what's happening. And one of the ways that you can combat that is by making your own content. If you spend your entire marketing and sales and business career beholden to LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, you're gonna wake up every day and go, I can't believe they took away my targeting. I can't believe they changed this thing. I can't believe they did that thing. But if you're building your own audiences, you don't care. You don't care if Facebook turns off. You go find what the next thing is and take that CRM database and do the same thing. And so it is super important as you guys head into this season that if you're not doing it right now, you start small and start building an audience and start building content. So, with that, I will open it up to questions. Okay. Get <laughs> better.
0: Um, I really like that slide you
1: had know, about the three perspectives. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to copy that? Of course it is, yes, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. Um, my email is eric at mlive.com, it's super easy. Right. Yeah. All right, and this is kind of a that and question. That's
0: what I want We we do moving and we do lower peninsula but not upper peninsula.
1: Okay.
0: How is that a really painful way I found the targeting for Facebook lower peninsula areas? Is there some trick that I don't know about?
1: So, um, there's not necessarily a trick, but there's other things that you can think about, right? Like, so one of the things that I'd like to do, because I'm I'm a dork like this, is like, I like to go into retail spaces and see what people are doing, right? So if I'm a roofer, we can assume that they have a house. If they have a house, we can assume they probably have some sort of job. And if they have a job, it's likely that some of them might be parents. Parent targeting is still in Facebook, right? So you can add parents in that and see if it gets any better. The other thing that you can do, though, is if you guys are out on a job, Take a tripod and a camera and set up a time lapse. And this is a legit nuts and bolts answer to your question. Set up a time lapse, put that 30 second video up on Facebook and let people engage with it. Then, do what I just told you with audience. Build an audience of people who watch 50% of that time lapse and serve them the roofing app, right? right? Serve them the free estimate. Serve them the sign of whatever the, you know, I don't know what your path to purchase is if it's free estimate to, yes. right? Like, so serve them an app that says get your free estimate on your roof. Right? And then if that doesn't work, you still have that audience. Take some of your literature that you have about how do I know my group is jacked, because I'm sure you have stuff like that, and serve that to them. So that when they get that in Facebook Messenger, or they get that in their email, or in their actual mail, I'm sure you do direct mail at some point, maybe? No? Okay. But like, when they get that stuff, then they can just go, well yeah, I should probably call them, right? The trick to this space is while the targeting is jacked, if you start making your own content, of game system and ultimately a roofing company needs to because a roofing company is i think one that people don't know they need until there's water in their house right you can intercept that by saying things like hey did you know block right if you have a lot of i don't know what the common things to look for in the roof are but you would and that's the stuff that i would start putting out in the ecosystem and as people interact with it build audiences and start serving them
0: Again, at some point, then we go to the geo targeting, mm-hmm. and I was just curious if there was a way to se- separate
1: low from You would do it by DMAs, right? Like you, okay. you can still do DMAs in Facebook, okay. so I would just do it by DMAs okay, and cut off the upper peninsula. But the way you can start building audiences is by just taking 20 minutes out of your day and make a time lapse and put that geo on top of you. I would, I would say one to be effective, right? Because the, the problem is if you do it eight or nine times a day and don't have much to say. So what do you, remind, I know you've been to a couple of these, but what do, you, what do you guys do? Um, So both of those questions are true. I would I would add to you a couple things. One, if you're going to write blogs, the best test you could probably give them. Do you have LinkedIn? Yes. Okay. The best test is have them write a blog and you put it on Pulse and show them an hour later that 115 people read it because that's what happens on LinkedIn, right? No one is writing, so if you write anything, people are like, oh my god, I'm so starved for content because my inbox is just. People screaming at me about things they want to sell me. So somebody wrote words, I want to read them. Not to say that your thing would be bad, but there's people that are voraciously looking for something to consume that isn't spam. Because that's all the email on LinkedIn is, is spam, right? The other thing is take, if you could take, and I don't know what your position is there, but if you could take that blog and turn it, take the blog and turn it into a vlog, right? Now you're building a video component written so it's no extra work on whoever wrote the quarterly blog you're now taking it and turning it into two pieces of content right and then add to that the pretty pictures on instagram and now you're starting to build a campaign um, but i would if they if they're still lukewarm that's the number one thing i would do is have a written piece of content that you guys have already done put it on pulse as a test and then next week go 200 people read this and i didn't spend a nickel I would say once a day, I mean, you know, and if you want to do multiple things, play in stories, you know, build on your story, right? Cause then you can put as much stuff as you want. And if you have an awesome, if you guys haven't played with stories, I'm sure you have, but if you've an awesome one, compile it and put it in your highlights, right? And then people can go back again and again. If you've got an awesome project that you guys are super proud of, here's the thing that we made, right? Is that helpful? Yeah,
0: sure. <laughs> go ahead. Um, <laughs>
1: To give your sponsors something of value at the same time, making sure that your consumers think it's interesting, right? right? So, one of the ways you can cheat it is make a video that you think the sponsors that has some sort of interest in it, and then just tag them, tag their pages, and do that once because you're automatically going to get the thing about Facebook right now is it's still leveraging video amongst uh, above everything else because they're competing with television still. So you would get enough views that it would be of interest. To your sponsor and value to your sponsors. You would tag them so it would show up on all of their pages. And then you guys just have to think about if I have sixty seconds, what's the most you know, where's the most interesting place I can shoot it? What's the most interesting thing that can happen? So that people that don't care about the spot, I don't mean that the right. category, but don't care, still get some sort of value out of it. So announcing a new event, a new product line, a new way to interact with you guys. Oh and by the way I want to thank you.
0: Have, I have easy sell. Work with the
1: right. No, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. literally, <laughs> <Yeah>. literally <laughs> so get in the kennel and shoot the video, yeah. right? Like, so that's what I would do is just yeah. put it in video form. Um, so you're still getting the notoriety of all of the tags, yes. right? Because I tagged the chamber in my Facebook Live, so I'm still getting the connection. But the content is something that somebody else might find valuable, even if they don't know they don't live in Flint, right? Okay. So being around dogs, that I mean, that should be a no small video and say, by the way, thank you to business heads. Yep. Yeah. Like if you guys are doing a, like, a shelter event or a get your dogs vaccinated yeah. or whatever, and then at the end of it, go, want to thank that, 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 to make yeah. this stuff possible and then tag them all. And what's going to happen is people who care about clearing the shelter or keeping pets vaccinated or whatever are going to interact with the front half. And all the people that connect with the other businesses are going to want to connect with the bottom half because they want to show that my business cares about this part of the universe, yeah. right? Yep. Okay. Go ahead. What I would say is, when you're done meeting with him, um, let's let me come back and sit down with you and figure out a way to scale that so that it is not as burdensome on you as it currently is, yeah, right? I just because it's the just lesson, a burden I love doing. No, but time wise, you've got other things to do, is what I mean. It's not a yes. burden. What I would, but the thing I would pull out for the rest of the group guys is that's what I'm talking about about content. It connects to hotels in a very tertiary way. But then move to the needle, right? So, what sort of content can you put out there? I mean, you guys are the best at it, right? Dealing with animal we- welfare, you have a whole bunch of stuff you can call upon that you can get people to interact with your Facebook page. But if you're a, you know, if you're a roofer, right? What sort? You know, maybe it's things like to use that same example, right? Like it's a snowstorm, and then you know, telling people that that stuff damages how that stuff damages your roof, right? right like Right. I mean, if we were in North Carolina, you know what you would be doing, right? Like, you know what you'd be doing. So I want to make sure everyone picks up on the, the killer tip, but don't, like, I've got some time before the end of September, and then I'm, like, my October is nuts. Let's make sure, I'll get back here, and you and I can go grab a lunch or coffee or whatever, and let's figure out how we can help you with that. And the other part
0: of that, too, as far as making sure that it's adherable, ¿No?
1: That's great.